is this on? State Sports Show. We are coming off of a fantastic Easter holiday, a good three-day weekend for at least myself, probably not anyone else out there. They didn't have that good Friday. But I am joined again after the holidays by my two co-hosts, Mr. Beans and Mr. Turd, Caleb Ubel and Gavin Alexander. Gentlemen, are you ready to get back on this grind? Absolutely. I think I'm mentally prepared. <laughs> way, to sound, sound, way to sound thrilled. You sound absolutely ready for this, Gavin. You sound like you just drove all the way back from about an hour or two away from where you currently are after looking at a house all day. Yeah, I just got assaulted with so much godforsaken expensive information that's not even funny. But that's <laughs> House- fine. Hey, hey, it's an investment for your future. What they I say just kind of thought there was like a formation of wood that people hid under when it rained, but apparently it's not just that. So whatever. It, okay, uh, quick thing: like this whole adulting thing. Like the more you go through it, the more you're like, "How does no f- fuck like codes? Codes are worthless. Don't tell me <laughs> that like this thing is not up to code. That thing's not up to code. Fuck your codes. Some like dude that got a B minus in like." English 415 and Eng- and engineering wrote that and <laughs> you just shouldn't follow that at fucking all. And then secondly, I don't need a fucking bank to tell me what my house is worth. I know what the house is worth because I fucking bought it. I wouldn't have bought it if it wasn't worth that price, you dumbass. These are people that like are around money all day, but I digress. We can continue with the show. He, he paid for it, therefore it's worth that much. The house is only that, the bank can tell you it's worth $200,000 all they want, but if someone's only going to give you, you know, 50, it's only worth 50. If the bank tells me that that house is worth $200,000, I'm walking in and asking for my check. <laughs> Foreclose this, please. Well, it. yeah, congratulations on the house, Gavin. But Congratulations on the problem, but thank you. Congratulations on your taxes. Speaking yeah, no of shit. problems... We have a new problem on our hands, another spring football league. The USFL, United States Football League 2.0 kicked off this week. And boy, howdy, is this a problem because the quarterback play fucking stinks. <laughs> <laughs> I, I love watching freshmen. I mean, you know, six-year quarterbacks just stumble everywhere. They're, they're so not good. Who, who oh. was I watching? Oh, it, it was uh, Alex McGoy or McGo or how? Magoo. Magoo. It's Magoo. He played yeah. at like Florida International. Yeah. And, like he got drafted. And it's just like this dude's awful. And then you uh, you see Shea Patterson out there and then gets benched for Paxton Lynch. And then Shea Patterson comes out because Paxton Lynch is worse. Shea Patterson actually like looked like he was a. Like, he looked like he could at least play football. Remember when the Chiefs were, like, 
almost thought about getting Paxton Lynch, and like that was like the quarterback of the future. And oh my god, I love that was... Paxton Lynch out of the draft. If that tells you anything about my quarterback evaluations, <laughs> <laughs> and that's why Desmond Ritter's in the top. Never mind. Yep. Never mind. Dude, I know Desmond Ritter's literally gonna be like fucking Dak. Like point oh, because I because I talk so much crap on him. <laughs> but yeah, the USFL looks like a shithole right now. But I, I think it has room to grow. But <clears throat> once the XFL comes in, I'm I'm curious to see how this talent pool disperses. God, it's gonna get worse. It's crazy. It's it's gonna be cut in half. And oh my gosh, it looks like. Do you think? Be careful oh. when you use the word talent pool as well. <laughs> hey. To be fair, these guys are better than us in every way at the game of football. But the sad, the sad part is they're still probably making more money than we are. I hope not. Not I'm not making any game. money, so. <laughs> so sorry, Gavin. Like, Gavin's expenses <laughs> high. Gavin's profits low. <laughs> the government is costing themselves money loss with inflation because I have negative money. So take that, government. <laughs> doesn't affect you at all yep <laughs> so yeah over or under of three and a half years for the usfl oh i thought under. three and a half months i was gonna take over easy um like okay it's... no it did so if the xfl wasn't coming back i would i would say over 100 percent agree because like there's a market for it like i watched it and, like, I would have watched more if I didn't have Easter this week. Yeah. And they're do- I think they're doing the smart thing of having everything in a centralized location. So that way they're spending the minimal amount of money as possible to, like, run the league, like, baseline. But I just feel like there's going to be so – and they have, like, the TV contracts. Like, yeah. them being in bed with Fox and them being in bed with, like, um, like USA Network and all that is awesome. Like that's why I think they actually have like a chance to you know make it. But with the XFL coming back, I just feel like they're gonna run into each other. It's well, just, it's gonna the, destroy both of them. I think the NFL partnered with the XFL, not the USFL. Don't quote me on that, but if they did, then that's like the death nail, isn't it? Because like ESPN's probably still partnered with the XFL, aren't they? Oh, I'm, I imagine. If they did, if they still are, then like good luck. Because well, like, oh, remember, I, remember the AFL, or that that wasn't the AFL, that was the AAF. Yeah, that Alliance. thing was a spectacular failure. Oh man, I there's just, been so many leagues. You you well, you couldn't watch it. They had like an app where you could like watch the games, and the app stunk, and it like wasn't on TV. Like, I, I'll go on record right now and say that the XFL would still be here if COVID didn't happen. Because like oh, the I games were, the the play was like fine, and like the rules were a little bit weird, but like they worked and it was whatever. That was what I was gonna say, Sam. Was like when I watched, I watched a little bit of the USFL, so take this as a grain of salt. But like the XFL, like talent level just wasn't unwatchable. I thought the USFL was at times. It's it's weird. Like they they need like a couple dudes to come out and like be half decent at football. If that makes sense. And mm-hmm. I think I, I think Pat McAfee said something about this where it's like there's so many kids that are still in college 
And, like, there's so many kids. There's, like, an entire – there's, like, half of a draft's worth of, like, players that are in just this draft that, like, we're kind of at a low point for secondary talent. Right. If yeah, that makes, no, that makes sense. It's, yeah. So, again, if the XFL wasn't coming back and we got, like, this big boom of, like, you know, young talent for guys who, like, might be a six-string receiver in the NFL but could go, like, ball out at the USFL and see if they could, like, improve their chances, then I think we'd be in a better spot for that league. But, like, what's going to happen is is there's going to be this big boom of, like, new players who are available to, like, take, and then the XFL is just going to be there, and they're going to split them, and the talent level is going to stink. Yep. No, I completely agree, and we can move on after this, but uh, I think it speaks a lot to uh, us as an American nation that it is April, and there's a market for a second football league because people just want to watch it. And you should really think about that if you're another school in Kansas that relies on anything other than football. That was a shot at UKU, just so everybody... <laughs> <laughs> when is Wichita State going to ever bring football Dude, back? they've been like, hinting at it since, like, like we've been surely, in high school. Surely someday. Because I remember when, like, in high school, when we were, I was on Twitter, and, like, they put a picture on, uh, on Twitter of uh, a football helmet with the Shocker logo on it, and they're like, oh, could dude, it come back? Like years ago. That was like, yeah, that was like when we were still in high school, and I'm like, man, that Yeah, be- I wouldn't be banking on it. No, their stadium needs a lot of renovations. I was going to say, their, their stadium is literally, like, built more for track and field than it is football, and that's so fucking hard to do. <laughs> it's well, hard I mean, to improve from there. I mean, just think about it, though. Like, look at some of the stadiums that, like, other teams play in. Like, you can't tell me that they couldn't just go play, like, D two and like you know dog on some they they play at they play at Hutch Juco Stadium for a year or two why not like they could I mean what's Hutch they could yeah take the money yeah whatever Wichita State get a football team yeah real college sorry not sorry the third D one in here (laughs) no we don't we can't beat we can't recruit against the other D (laughs) one yeah that's a good point. God, think about the kids that they would be pulling in. Like, just the kids from Kansas who literally can't. God, Brees Hall would have been a witch, would have been a shocker. Yeah, and think of that. No, that, 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 that talent pool in Wichita, like, that, that those maze schools, they run deep. Yeah, I know they do. And K-State needs to start recruiting some more maze kids. But, you know, somehow we can't do it. Well, from one disaster to another <laughs> disaster... Um, apparently UCF has QR codes on the back of their uniforms now. I don't know who put this on the show sheet. It was a dumpster fire. A disaster, and I want to hear more about it. it. It looked like shit. If this is what we're turning to for uniforms, fuck. No, stop How- it. Four. Like, I don't no, know. I don't know who's going to be in the stands and pull their phone out and say, I'm going to zoom in. It doesn't pull up like a... A, it probably pulls up who the player is or profile, something. Their player profile. But Does it pull you, up their huddle? How or? are you going to get a QR code like if you're watching on TV? Exactly. It's dumb. Like You could get like the quarterback maybe. I don't know how you – Okay. Last, they're trying to bounce off last year. Last year they put their Twitter handles. That was cool. That was fucking fine. Leave it at that. But the QR codes, I'm sorry. That was just a fat – the baddest of fattest. Oh, my out. fucking God. What is – I didn't see it until now. What are those? Exactly. Yes. That's going to be in the Big 12. The fuck? 
we should absolutely kick those fuckers out immediately. <laughs> Can we at that least try like, to acknowledge the dumbest... creativity? What? Can we at least try to like acknowledge the creativity here? Like, no, they look no. like trash. Okay, okay, like, uh, how do I put this? Like, you... <sighs> aneurysm. Like, I'm having. Are you, are you looking at it right now, Gavin? No. Yeah, look at it. Look pull it up. up. Right pull Get it on up. your phone. Yeah, give me a second. Look it up. You look, like, you're gonna laugh. It's horrendous. Whoever that thought of it, they're, they're okay. Their uniforms, ten out of ten. Like normal, normally, I love their uniforms. They have such a good combination. Oh, good. Man, just so bad. And just the, oh, the Twitter. Yeah. Nope, they yep. suck. Okay. There's so many better ways to do that. <laughs> Put it on the back of the helmet. I don't care. But like uh, that. Okay, I've like. This is like an engineer designing something that just looks like dog shit, but then being like, yeah, I'll sign off on this. Like, somebody had to decide <laughs> this was a good idea. Oh, you dude. Uh, glad to do that. Okay. That's fair. Okay, I, colleges are, like, stretching out here trying to, like, find that next big thing, um, like, for recruiting factors and stuff. It's always like, that. what's next? Next. And well, I don't know if would even buy that. Like, in a custom jersey stuff, shop. I hope, I hope this doesn't stick. If they were... Oh, if, oh, dude! If Case never did, dude. If Case never did that, people would throw a fucking fit. I mean, I get it. They do this for spring, just for just to be different. But quit being fucking different. Just quit. That's fucking no. That fucking stuck. That stunk. That yeah. stunk. I'm glad you brought that to my attention because Welcome. that stunk to high heaven. Well, now that we're talking about K-State and uh, things that you can do to recruit people, let's talk about the K-State social media team and the viral football video that they had go out this weekend. Because I don't know about you guys, but this was the first time in my lifetime I remember K-State football trending on Twitter for a good reason. Oh, yeah. No, it's the first time K-State Yes, let's let's get some out. Well done, guys. It took 23 years of life, but we fucking did it. They've been trying so hard. never trended for any, I remember when I went to school there, the first thing we trended for was the whole Starship Enterprise thing. If you know, you know. If you don't, we flew the star, we formed the Starship Enterprise with our band, and it looked like a fucking dick, and flew it at a Jayhawk, and our fucking band director got suspended for a game. So that was hilarious, well worth. Then there was a bunch of racist shit that was not hilarious, and then we had oh god, what else did we have? Uh, the hail. Burnt down. That was a thing. Oh yeah, that was pretty funny. Well, that, and then we have the I national uh, championship graphic that continues. Oh yeah, that team. also stunk. That still stinks, especially since Mississippi State won. It's now just us and Virginia Tech. And then we had the whole video from last year that like actually went like real life viral. Like this, this video like got to like all the college accounts and like Barstool and everything. Yeah. Like, the other one like went legitimately viral, like hundreds of thousands of likes. Um, I, was that Shane Porter doing that TikTok? Oh, I, that one. Okay. Oh, that, yeah, that, that was the one. That was, one. One. That was that a was negative. A blow up. Yeah. For any of you guys who don't know, the, the new video for K-State that actually people liked were two, uh, two DBs. Uh, it's Julian Brents, right? Yeah. yeah. And then uh, Boydo. I can't remember his first name. It's like Echo. 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 It's like Echo Boydo. Echo yeah. Boydo. Yeah, that's what that. it is. Um, they went around campus and they were pressing students as they were yeah. trying to get the class. The, the funniest, money. the funniest, preparing for the KU football game next year. 
That was pretty funny. That was a cheap shot, but that was pretty funny. Well, this is this is this is good because like they didn't have a spring game, so I feel like this was like the social media department like trying to find a way to find something to uh, uh, attract people rather than watching the game on TV or in the stands or something. Was actually the spring game. Um, (laughs) They they should have fucking wide receivers and quarterbacks going out like running routes against frat kids or something. That would be hilarious. (laughs) Just get dusted. No, I there's not a whole lot more to hit on there. I just I'm actually like really impressed. And in today's like day and age where it's so hard to get players of like our age people our age and get them to stay there. Like just having a generally positive and good environment around your university at all times, which has escaped us for so long, is really important and uh, this video is a lot more important to K State football than I would like it to be, but uh, it kind of is. <laughs> but it is right. Well, you know, to piggyback off of the uh, football team video, K State also landed a former four-star recruit. He's a center out of LSU, currently rated as a three-star recruit according to rivals. Uh, Colbert was his last name, Jarrell Colbert. Or Colbert. Is it Colbert or Colbert? I think I think it's Colbert. Is it Colbert? Colbert. Okay, because I've seen it pronounced both ways. So, Jarrell Colbert, if you're listening, hope you are. And congrats. Welcome to the family. He also Welcome made Logan Landers transfer out, which is a net positive, too. So <laughs> I feel like Logan Landers actually thought that we were just going to sign 10 frat guys to, like, play with them. And, and that was – Yeah, he, he waited for a glimmer of hope and then was like, nah, I'm fucking out of here, so – Fun fact, Siri Lewis is the only guy who's transferred out so far that has committed somewhere else. And he went to Rice, which means he's got to be smart, right? Because Rice is, like, really prestigious. They, they are? Yeah, Rice is, like, a super prestigious, like, uh, university. Like, Oh, I did not. Rice. I had not known that. Yeah, it's, like, the one thing Rice has. Good for them. Do they have yeah, Rice? Except for that speech by JFK. Well, I don't know what that is. I don't either. You know that speech? Beans. The whole, like, why does Rice play Texas speech? Nope. Dude. What? Not a clue. Bro, how do you not know that? That's, like, one of the more faint. It's not like. History, not- I'm sorry, but history is, like, anything past, like, 1998 is no bueno for me. But it's, like, one of the most iconic, like, speeches, like, uh, ever, like, involving sports. Yeah, no, nope, nope. Nothing. It's talking nah. about Rice, who's dog water, and playing Texas, who's not dog water, but they play them every year. It's from like the moon speech. It, it's the speech where he's talking about going to the moon. Well, I've heard that speech. I don't remember yeah, hearing about Rice wrong, in there. I'm pretty sure. Nope, not a clue. Whatever. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> All right. I guess we got to say something about KU since we've not talked about KU and you know, they're in our state. Uh, good question. Uh, they won some baseball games and Drash won some money off of them like a couple weeks ago, I think. I think let's give KU the respect they deserve and talk about the team to our east and talk about the prospects that have been visiting the Kansas City Chiefs since the uh, draft is upcoming. So some of the top 30 visits that the Chiefs have had in, uh, why don't we all give an offensive and defensive player uh, that has, like, been, I guess, of notice to us. You can go with anybody. Beans, you can lead us off. Okay. Uh, I'd like to point out, like, this is the kind of stuff 
I like, you know, researching more involved into the, I care more about the chiefs about most things in my life. It's pretty disappointing anyways. Um, and, uh, if you read between the tea leaves, you can kind of see where they're going with things. Uh, like if they, they post stuff on their social media, like, Oh, we're going to look at tight end in the draft. That's literally them saying, Hey, look out for a tight end in this draft that we're going to pick up. And they'll list like two or three of them. And so in their top 30 so far, a ton of wide receivers. They've had a couple of tight ends, some O-linemen, cornerbacks, and defensive backs. What does that tell you? They're going to invest in those positions. So um, one one person I'm uh, on offense would be Jameis and Williams. Uh, That just, you know – given you know bring him in see how see how he's doing mentally and physically after an acl injury um can we get the cat out of the bag here too because we'll we'll hit on this later but like there's no way in hell we would get jameson williams at our current point that would be a trade-up right that would be that would be it depends how many teams are I mean, it depends how his knee looks, right? Like, theoretically, and that's what this is. Some the teams take him off the board. This is this. I mean, they probably interviewed him at the at the combine or whatever, or at, at at a pro day or whatever. If he's there hanging around, this is more like you're getting to know this guy intimately. You know, no, right? I, I know, but like Daquan Bowers was like a projected first overall pick, and they fell to like the fifties because he had his knee injury was worse than expected. Oh yeah, and sometimes this kind of stuff will make people rise. You know, like. uh um, I'm trying to think of like DJ Hayden. He was like projected second round. And then I can't remember who, you know, just somehow oh, picked dude, him up the in the Raiders first round. Drafted him, didn't yeah. They? That, they're at 12. Pick, he had they like drafted a heart him at 12. Condition and he got drafted yeah. at 12. Yeah. And, and like, you know, Trey Smith, that happened to him. You know, he was projected a third round O lineman and he fell in the sixth. It's stuff like this where you're trying to get mm-hmm. to know them better. So a guy on defense is, uh, I, this might sound crazy, but Gregory Jr. is a cornerback out of Ouachita Baptist, which is a school in uh, Arkansas. Like, you got to respect that small school stuff. Wow. I had no I idea where Ouachita Baptist was. What, what, what even is it? Like, it's a D2. D- uh, they are the Tigers, I think. Actually, uh, there's two D. So, where they're at, there's two D2 schools within a block of each other. So, what? it's Ouachita. Yeah, it's Ouachita and uh, uh, Henderson State. So they're rivals, right? Yes, they're in the same conference. Okay, thank you. Oh, so they're they're literally like right across the street from each other. They're, they're, that bar district probably gets fucking crazy the week of the games. So so yeah, you have so that those are the two that I'm looking out for. Um, I guess I will go next. Uh, the please say please say Jalen Weidermeyer. Please say no. Fuck Jalen Weidermeyer. He can go fuck himself <laughs> and be undrafted. <laughs> And, and not have a school degree to back himself up on. But uh, so George Pickens, <laughs> wide receiver from Georgia uh, visiting, is interesting to me in two parts. A, because we need a, like, prototypical X wide receiver to be able to play on the outside. George Pickens fits that. But also just the uh, elephant in the room here of the Chiefs, like, target guys or at least have a history of giving guys second chances that have had problems. You have maybe like more chippy and a questionable pass from George Pickens on top of the injury as well. So uh, buying into a guy that if he plays in Georgia, yeah. What'd you say? (laughs) (laughs) I said on top of the fact he's white from Georgia, Chris Conley, McLaurin. Yeah, I 
we drafted McCole Hardman because one of our wide receivers that we drafted that had off the field issues had off the field issues. So that's exactly that type of thinking that's going to lead us into a George Pickens. And that's okay. Like, is he going to lead us into a different wide receiver in three years? Probably. Yeah. Yeah. At least Juju has on field concerns. So that's at least (laughs) a little different. But if you uh, put them all, put them all together and you make an elite wide receiver. Yeah. No shit. If you just put all of their like, oh, but no, because their off the field issues would have to compound too. So, uh, could, could you imagine someone with off the field issues and Juju's TikTok talk reputation? Oh God! I'm gonna refrain from making many more <laughs> jokes. <laughs> but uh, I'll throw out a defensive guy here real fast, and really the only guy that I know of here that I can speak to is Devonte Wyatt, who we brought in. The defensive lineman out of Georgia, we've talked on this show in the past about getting a defensive lineman into comp- or an interior defensive lineman to comp- uh, complement, um, Jesus Christ, having a uh, brain aneurysm on our defensive tackle. Chris Jones, there we go. Compliment Chris Jones, take up bodies, since we really don't have a pass rush to speak of. And maybe that's something else we can hit on here is I don't see a single edge rusher that we've brought in which is concerning to me considering how we don't have any talent on the edge right now. Sorry, Frank Clark, but that would be another thing on the defense that uh, concerns me a little bit. I hope that we bring in an edge rusher at some point, especially given where we're drafting at the end of the first round. But All right. Well, for my guy, I don't know pretty much any of these guys, to be quite honest, because I didn't read Beans' draft guide because I don't care about reading. Thank you. Um, I appreciate that. Is this really the only guys we brought in? So far. uh, This was as of of Saturday when I made the show sheet. They could have added more, but some of these guys haven't taken a visit yet. I don't know who Ryan Van Denmark is, but he just sounds like an offensive lineman. Is that a Yukon? Like, yeah, that's 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 a guy. That is, like, he just sounds like the type of dude. He reminds me of Greg Van Rotten, which is one of the greatest offensive line names of all time. So I'm not saying Van Denmark is the next Van Rotten, but, you know, it's a great name. And I can't really add anything more to that. You know, I'm sure you, our listeners are like, wow, Sam doesn't know anything that he's talking about. And I would agree with them. <laughs> I really don't know what I'm talking about. I'm just here to host the show and give I've, opinions. I'm like Skip Bayless out here. It's interesting. They brought in a Texas Tech receiver. Um, little side note, Texas Tech has like one of the better recruiting classes coming in. I heard. Really? So, yeah, I heard something about that on uh, what was it? I think it was like A10 Sports Radio. Uh, Texas Tech has like, no, it was a, uh, who the fuck was I listening to? Shit. Now I got to get my sources right. Um, oh, Heartland Sports with um uh, is it like good by Big Twelve standards or good by Tech standards? Good by like NCAA standards. Um, that means it probably sucks, right? With they Pete, all, with with they Pete got Mundo, four star like minus eight bus from NCAA yeah. fourteen. Heartland College Sports with Pete Mundo. He said like Texas Tech has one of the best recruiting classes coming in. Like has beat out a lot of big schools. So, fun oh, fact. that that remind. Because they got that coach. They got that one coach that's like. Well, Lubbock's like in a connections in Texas. I don't even remember what his name is. Yeah, but he's um, a heck of a recruiter. I can't remember his yeah. name. But and and to be recruiting like that in a shithole like Lubbock, yeah, yeah Lubbock is kind of a shithole. Not yeah, that Manhattan's much better, but Lubbock is really it's a, a shithole. It is the butt crack of Texas. 
Well, I live in the butt crack of uh, Kansas. So, oh, dude, yeah. don't. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't oh, pick weird. a defensive player. Uh, Jaquan McMillan has the best name. Or Samuel Womack. Uh, we got a Northwest Missouri State guy, Tanner Owen. Uh, shout but out to another. He plays offensive line, so I can't say him. I already went with Van Denver. I know, but like, shout out to those small school guys out of Missouri. Well, then I might as well go with Joshua Williams out of Fayetteville State. Yeah, shout out to the small school guys. Is that another Arkansas one? Fayetteville State? No, Fayetteville's in a – is it – fuck, I don't know. I don't know my state. That's states. where Arkansas is at. Is it Fayetteville? Huh, maybe it is. Is there a different Fayetteville? Shit, I don't, I don't know. know. Is, there, is there one in Kentucky? I feel like that's a Kentucky school. Well, now we're one and then, know. And then Garrett Prince is a tight end out of uh, Alabama-Birmingham. He was my sleeper uh, last week. He He's on a visit. By the way, before the show, guys, we said we weren't going to talk about every single one of the prospects. We fucking hit everyone. <laughs> we're talking about all the fucking prospects because we don't have any concept of time. But that's okay because we hope that you guys like listening to us. Um, it's in North Carolina. Shit, uh, we were way off. We, Fuck. we were in the South. We, we picked one of the states. We were picking states that seceded from the Union, so that's kind of cool. <laughs> <laughs> you know we we got to move on you know we could we could sit here and like pretend we know what we're talking about you know for all these prospects that no one's ever heard of until they make it big but i think the best thing to do right now is we actually got a fan suggested question it's from none other than the ex-birthday boy ex-sponsor sam wooler himself so we we really appreciate sam giving us you know a question. Sam writes, if you're Veach, would you trade picks 29 and 30 for a pick earlier in the round? The floor is yours. Gavin, you want to go first? Um, sure. So. Don't sound too thrilled. There, hey, well, I'm Gavin just trying to think here because there's Gavin multiple ways of thinking. It's, it is a very open-ended question. And I think the easiest way to respond to this is like, uh, no, um, it it depends. <laughs> it depends on who. There's pockets, okay. There's always pockets in the draft, and if somebody's falling in the draft, like let's say a a, a Kavon Thibodeau, uh, uh, yeah, Jameson Kavon Thibodeau, then yeah, trade up for that guy. And but here's- Veach Veach doesn't like to do that. He likes to kind of like sit back and let the pockets fall to him. Right, and here's here's the problem I have with this question. Um, just I guess the way that it's typed in here, I don't want to package twenty nine and thirty together and move up. Like no, 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 no. yeah, I wouldn't want to do so, that either. There's a problem in the NFL, I believe, with like you if you trade for the one hundred and one, right? You have to most years think last year with Trevor Lawrence, just give an unsurmountable amount, and it kind of seems to decrease the amount you have to give up, like exponentially right which doesn't make sense to me because the talent pool in most drafts doesn't decrease exponentially if everybody can like picture that right but yes so my thought process there is i would want to just throw some team a third round pick and a swap of elite pick plus like pick 29 to go up to 17 or wherever to grab jameson williams because he's there or what grab. if I told what if I told you twenty nine and thirty could get you up to pick nine? It no. usually the math takes you up to eleven, but I you know organ we've not, said it. Organizations are done. I just don't is... know what we're getting there that we 
I mean, it's a deep draft in terms of like edge, right? And like offensive line. So why not just take two like tier down offense? I think what's more likely, and I, is that we trade one up and trade the other back. Yep. Yeah. yeah That's I, something Veach, I can see. Veach has I, never had less than six, six draft picks in a in a in a year. So he's got twelve this year. I don't even think we need to trade one of them back. I'm fine with where we're picking there, but like if we're going to make the jump, say like wide receivers are just flying off the board and Veach says, I don't want to go into next year with the wide receiver core we have. Say like, you know, your top five wide receivers are gone by pick 17 or something like that. And they want to trade up to 18, give a third round pick and grab Traylon Burks. Or something like I understand that thought process because there's a real chance the best wide receiver on the board is like a Christian Watson by the time it gets to pick 29, right? Like you don't want to miss that run on elite talent, but then you can also stay at 30 and pick the players that still are being pushed down the board at that point because the positional runs beforehand. Like that's the, I think that that makes the most sense to me. Well, and also you got to think deep. Yeah, it's deep this year. I mean, everything that we're kind of needing this year is pretty relatively deep. But once – it's like a – kind of like a standoff. Um, once that one cornerback goes, then you see, like, these pocket of corners go. And so I think it kind of depends on where these par- pockets – you know, once Gardner or somebody goes off the board, then soon after you're going to see Booth fall off and then, you know, maybe somebody else. So I, I – but so if you were Veach, are you you're not trading these picks, right? I'm not trading both of them just up for one. I mean, like again, like Gavin said, I don't know, maybe we need to trade up. I don't think we need to trade up first. I don't think so either. But I think are people you guys... are going to be shocked at the amount of wide receivers that like start to fall. Like I it feels like uh 2019 when like you had Ruggs and Judy and Jefferson and Lamb. And Rager was seen as a first-round pick as well, even though Rager didn't See, I kind of feel the opposite way is that, though, Sam. Just given what's happened with rookie wide receiver – or, I guess, wide receiver contracts this offseason. I, 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 I get that, but, like, the that draft was considered one of the deepest wide receiver drafts in history, so teams just decided, well, shit, we can just take T. Higgins at the 201, so we'll just take, you know – other players right that's like that's true. what i'm talking about it's yeah the, the supply of wide receivers like diminish their value you know basically yes. contract. Yes. but i think i i think that <clears throat> has a chance to you know run its course again i mean what happens if you know in the first like 10 picks like atlanta doesn't take a receiver and like uh the jets don't take a re- like suddenly like some really prime landing spots are just not on the board and i think that that's kind of the different same thing we were talking about with quarterbacks like it's when that first domino falls like if uh garrett wilson goes at eight to atlanta then all of a sudden you have the jets and washington constantly mocked wide receivers well now are they still going wide receivers and then does houston grab another wide receiver you know like you can at least talk yourself yeah. into a scenario oh, where or, or let's flip it with the quarterbacks, you know, like let's say yeah. somehow yeah. by the grace of God, Malik Willis goes at two, then, you know, people and are going to start. Goes at six. And then you have offensive linemen. As well, like those are the positions that need to go first for a lot of these players to fall. 
What's that? I said they just go on runs. I mean, like, that's yeah. how the draft goes. Is one guy goes and another team panics because, you know, they panic. I, I And that's why Veach sits. He doesn't like to sell the farm to go up and grab somebody that he can just, you know, kind of grab later. That has some similar traits and some traits that you can just teach later to be that next elite guy. I'm just telling you, man, get Ryan Van Denmark and everything's going to be all right. Hey, Sky Moore at 30. Uh, Vontae Mack, no matter what. Rest in peace, Chadwick Boseman. Um, so for our next segment, you know, last week we decided to uh, all give our top five for offense. Now, the difference between last week and this week is that Gavin and I don't need to pretend that we know anything about defense. But Beans does. So Beans is going to give us his top five, and we're going to react to those. Okay. So and everybody's going everybody's gonna to comment later how much of a fucking idiot I am. I get it. It's cool. Yes. And so, you know, now Gavin yes. and I have been ex- exhausted, not exhausted, not exacerbated either. Words are very hard today, guys. I uh, I had a rough Easter weekend, I tell you what. <laughs> I those Easter, those I Easter eggs were full of shooters. I don't think I'll be rising from the tomb for another three days of how tired oh. I am. <laughs> Okay. Okay. All right. All right. We'll start with Edge, guys. Um, (laughs) All right. I'm going to get our podcast canceled someday, and I apologize. Between us three, it should. And make sure, if you're enjoying the show, everyone, make sure to like, share, subscribe, you know, leave a helpful comment. Tell me how much of an asshole I am. All right. So, with the Edge, so number one, obviously, Aiden Hutchison, like, he's. Yeah. Um, two is going to end up in Jacksonville and he should be in Detroit. And it hurts me so bad. I know. Bad. It is yeah. so close. It, it hurt because he is from Michigan. He's from a, a Plymouth, Michigan. And I know. It's like so disappointing that it could happen. And yeah. Ja- Jacksonville just needs to take Trayvon Walker. They, you know, like- that actually, that what was that? Who mocked that the other day? No, that. That is one hundred percent Detroit trying to like gain increase the value of their the high end picks in this draft. Yeah, That's, I don't I believe thought, for I a personally, second. I personally thought that was uh, McAfee's uh, like former intern or something. I don't remember his name. Yeah. So um, yeah, number one's Aiden Hutchison. Number two, Kayvon Thibodeau. Even though like he has that not sure if he loves football thing, like guys, yeah. Yeah, so uh, he's good. he's still good. Um, Remember so, when uh, Miles Garrett played instruments, so they weren't sure if he loved football. He yeah, liked exactly. dinosaurs. Yeah, yeah. yeah. big so, dinosaur guy can't be good in the NFL. Um, number three, Rain Johnson. Fun fact: he went to Independence Community College, so that's kind of cool. Um, oh shit, that's where I'm from. Last year yeah. at you, baby. Uh, <laughs> So he he's kind of a versatile guy. He could play stand up on a three four edge, or he could be a you know he can he can go four uh, three. Um, I don't have any major issues with that. I will say like we we we've talked up Jamison Williams as a guy a lot on this podcast, but like Jermaine Johnson is another guy that had to transfer away to like get playing time, which but, is fine. But you have him ranked over players that he had to transfer away from to get playing time. But he was still productive at the previous school he was at. It wasn't like he he was still a rotational guy. It wasn't like he was just you know, 
thrown, you know, he was just a JV guy or I guess it's not JV. He's a, you know, practice squad, practice squad guy. He was still rotational reps, which is. Yeah. He was still taking reps from those guys. Yeah. Which is, you know, good for, good for them. That's a lot more like James Williams legitimately wasn't doing anything. Yeah. Like Like, it's a little bit different. Also, just for everyone at home listening, I know you can't see what I'm seeing. But watching uh, Gavin in our show sheet try to spell Cavante uh, Thibodeau and then just writing Thib instead <laughs> is pretty funny. So good work, Gavin. Way to keep this. Uh, way to keep it brief. B- yeah, that, that B minus in English four fifteen was actually me. So he's <laughs> she's <laughs> all right. Uh, number four, Trayvon Walker. Um, he's a sports management yep. major, which was my major. That's why he's in my top five. Um, Number one overall pick, Trayvon Walker. He um, also he also ahead. has the athleticism to be like a league average cornerback, so that helps. No generally. shit, he had a an, a relative athletic score nine point nine nine. That is, he's fucking what elite. A freak. That Miles Garrett had the same numbers, so and Sean Merriman. So um, that's a name I haven't heard in a long at time. At his yeah. height and size, being able to like even be talked about as like an average athletic corner in the nfl is just absolutely insane the, dude the guy can play the wide nine he could play nose he could cover he could cover a fucking tight end like well you could you'll do talk that. about this guy in your defensive lineman but uh oh the other the other dude from georgia the dj davis to where yeah. he can play anywhere in the box and i yeah. would feel um number five is george Karloftis. the guy is stiff but he is just a power rusher the guy is stronger than shit um, he reminds me – so remember when Breland Speaks, we took him in the third round? Like, he reminds me of a souped-up version of Breland Speaks. Like, just stiff and big, but does things better. So, that was kind of my – Speaks in the second round, I thought. Was it the second? I thought it was the yeah, third. Yeah, that, was, oh, a, that shit. was a bad pick. Damn. Bad pick. Um, he was the dude who waved to the camera during the – Yeah, game. yeah, everybody loved that. and I thought he was going to turn out to be something, and no. I don't even know if he's, he's on a our roster. I think we lost him. Did we lose Sam? Shit. I, uh, oh, yeah. Someone tried to call me during my podcast, and I didn't even know who it was. Probably Come to family. fuck off. You could have brought him um, on. Well, I helped yeah. him. Um, I was going <laughs> to say, you know, what I, uh, what I didn't realize until the other day was, wasn't Elijah Moore the dude who took the uh, piss in the end zone? Yes, he was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, Ole Miss produces some characters out in these streets. I'll tell you no what, shit. we'll see. We um, can handle again. Oh, we can handle on-field of, issues. Speaking of Sam, uh, or speaking of uh, character issues uh, at Ole Miss, I have Sam Williams as my sleeper um, because he had like some miscon- sexual misconduct issues, but the guy was fucking good at football. So he's like, oh, wait, is this the dude that was like projected to be a first-round pick? I don't think and- it was sexual. I think it's a lot deeper than that, which is why he's, like, not getting discussed here anymore. But the, the charges were dropped. That's all that matters. Oh, okay, okay. And is, yeah, and the funny thing the is, the funny thing is, the draft guide I read him in had him at, compared to Frank Clark, which makes it even funnier. <laughs> oh. <laughs> that oh, makes man. it that much better. Uh, so. Hey, Frank, if you're listening, we'd love to have you on. Yeah, we'd love to have you on the show. Uh, come, talk, hey, come talk to us about how full of shit we are. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so we'll move on to D-line now. Number one, Jordan Davis. We just talked about him a little bit ago. Um, number two, another Georgia guy, Devontae Wyatt. The guy can co- The guy went into coverage as well. He, there was a couple snaps he moved into coverage, which was fucking cool. He was from Hutch Community College too. 
Um, shout out. Yeah. Um, he's 24 though, which is kind of concerning. Cause then you move, if he's drafted in the first round, like you, you've got an older guy now, what do you do with him? So you're going to have to really get production out of him. He's really early. just a rookie contract type player at that point. Like, are you going to get his four years of service out of him? And then he might be too old or, you know, to do something with him. So, uh, number three, Travis Jones out of UConn. This guy's a big body, big body. Um, UConn with the goods in the trenches this year between him. Yeah, and they the, did. Him and Van, uh, whatever the hell his name is. I already forgot. With Van, Van, Van Den, Van Denmark, baby, Van Country. Um, number four, uh, Demarvin uh, Leal out of Texas A and M. Uh, he's just another. He can play inside. Uh, he's very versatile. Can move inside and out. Um, the the sad part is is like that this the people that are those tweeners you know I think of like Jabril Pepper or like Jeremiah Usakorma like you don't know what to do with them they're so talented but that you don't know where they fit and it's sad to see that talent kind of waste. Um, another guy is like Logan Hall, uh, another interior defensive lineman that's just a big guy, but he's not in my top five. Uh, then I have Perry on Winfrey out of Oklahoma, another another big body guy. Uh, I feel like OU holds back their uh, uh, defensive line. Beans just love these big body guys, man. I dude, love- wait till I get to my linebackers, man. Uh, John Ridgeway is my sleeper out of Arkansas. Um, he had a big year last year, and so like you like to see that progression. You know, you have a big year your senior year, and now you can move. On, and hopefully, you can continue to build off that. So, linebackers number one, Nicobe Dean. Ooh, so. Uh, who is the – go to your number two because I have a feeling that's who I'm thinking of. Okay. Uh, fun I'm, fact. Dev, it's going to be the Dean dude out of Montana State. It's going to be a complete curveball. Nicobe the, 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 Dean Boyd had a, is the guy I've been hearing about and the guy that I've always thought of as the number one just because of the, like, size and just odd frame concerns of Nicobe Dean mm-hmm. and playing linebacker. Um, yeah. I feel like just – But um, the one thing Boyd. that – the one thing that Nakobe Dean has is like he is very smart in between the ears, and I think that's what separates him from the rest. He's a 4.0 engineer student, by the way. Holy shit! Okay, yeah, I was gonna, I was gonna say uh, that was a shot at whoever was befo- behind him, but he's probably not a 4.0 engineering student. So. No, so my number two is uh, Devin Lloyd. You know, Devin Lloyd. Just, Thank yeah. you. That's what I was thinking. Yeah, of. you know, he's a KC guy. He's from. Let me put uh, a note here. Not engineering student. Okay. <laughs> uh, what so is number two is Major Beans. I don't know. I'll have to research that later. Um, okay. But things that Devin Lloyd does good is he does very good at reading cloudy, cloudy, clear. So in like linebacker terms is like he can, he does very good at finding the gap and hitting it. Um, but sometimes he can move too fast and it hurts his, uh, hurts him. He kind of over pursues. Um, number three, this is going to shock some people. Leo Chanel. Yeah, no, I, I, I had him drafted to the Chiefs at one of our late uh, mm-hmm. mock drafts just because he's an uber, uber athletic linebacker. At 260 pounds to be that right. big and to play. The sad part is Leo Chanel is like two decades too late from playing in the NFL. It's sad. Yeah, you're big, fast, run-stopping linebacker. Yeah, that run-stuffer with 31-inch arms. Right. Uh, yeah, hopefully he can learn how to like – he has the frame and the athleticism to play in coverage, but that's just a linebackers in the NFL in general are given an impossible task of just what they have to do in pass coverage. The only hope you have is to be athletic and have pterodactyl arms to try and increase 
your margin for error, but still, yeah. still, there's only a couple of players in the NFL that are good at it, well, like your Fred Warners or yeah. There's there's video of Leo Chanel just bodying uh who's the center out of Iowa uh Linderbaum Linderbaum sorry I was blanking there yeah he just bodies him on a third and two and then comes back again uh, is playing the five and just absolutely just annihilates him to stop the run in the backfield on a fourth and one so this guy is just a fucking menace menace to society baby number four Chad Muma out of Wyoming yep Muma yeah I like Chad Muma he's just an act he's just an coverage linebacker uh he's a 3.5 mechanical engineer so Mm, so that's why he's at four it's that half gpa okay yeah yep yep he had 142 tackles last season wow he also got a b in dynamics so you gotta (laughs) think i didn't get a b in dynamics so you know yeah well yeah that might have been you know that might have just been his c and like really fucked him over because that second test when you're talking about moving objects and the weight distribution and stuff gets kind of funky. Uh, uh, dude, like dynamics is boring as hell too. Like I love how the I love how like the professors like frame it as like when you're doing statics and dynamics, it's like ah, uh, like statics is really boring. But then like you know when you get into dynamics, it really picks up. And it's like no, this is all fucking boring. I don't know. What <laughs> this is all about. bullshit. <laughs> And it's theoretical, and you have no fucking idea what you're talking about. You guys are talking about these classes, and I took theory of coaching football. So I took that class too. Oh, you did? I, I took that class at K State. It was it was awesome. Uh, what we else? Were, did, what else was a class? Oh, I took officiating. That was a fun class. We we so. learned about the uh, school in California that lined up in pump formation every time, so everyone was eligible to catch a pass. <laughs> That's good. Oh, let's fucking That's good. go. So, like, everyone was eligible to, like, at one point, they, like, lined up where the center was the last dude on the line of scrimmage. So, like, he would long snap it and then, like, fucking go out for a pass. And then California and the liberal agenda decided to make the uh, number restrictions in high school or something. So, yeah. they couldn't do it anymore. So, moving on, we got number five, Demo- <laughs> the Demone Clark out of LSU. Um, he's another smart player. He's, he's six foot three. So whenever he moves, like he's a long guy. So whenever he moves, he looks clunky as shit. Um, but he does a great job at shedding blocks. Um, that, but he's, uh, he has the same, uh, relative athletic score as Kenneth Murray. So yeah, no Troy Anderson. I'm I'm absolutely devastated. Mr. Troy Anderson was up there. He didn't make my sleeper because he's still like overly talked about. My sleeper is Sterling Weatherford. He played safety uh, out of Miami, Ohio. Um, six foot four, 215 pounds. Um, he's just like, has he's just a football dude. He has that alpha mentality, versatile linebacker safety. He reminds me of like Jeremiah Usakomor, like we were talking about earlier. So um, he'll just be a good special teams guy that just fills in the role of linebacker from time to time or that dime role. So sounds like a future chief. Yeah, could be very well. Take care of, get rid of a, a, a DOD. Oh. Dorian O'Daniel. Oh, Give yeah. Ben Neiman too. That would be, we haven't signed him back yet. I don't think so. Oh really? Us, yeah. I don't, I, I don't think so. So we're just waiting for us to strike out on linebacker before we do that. Uh, and for corners. This one's fun. Is it sauce or is it, oh, it's uh, Sauce Gardner, baby. It's okay. Sauce Gardner. I that's oh. the correct choice. I've gone back and forth on this in my head. 
it's it is corner guy, is baby. okay. Corner is the hard, in my opinion, is the hardest position to evaluate because I agree to an extent because like you don't know like they are taught so corners are taught differently everywhere and it's so hard to say like if it's the school failing them or if this guy is just an elite athlete just doesn't have the right training yet or also like coverage breaks you know it's so hard to say with corner there's, that is there's so much on the defensive side of the ball that if you have the requisite size athleticism like wingspan and just all of those things you increase your margin of error so much over someone that doesn't that like the ability to play the position matters so much less for those guys. And that sounds terrible, but like if you have four, three speed and you have 33 inch arms or whatever, you have massive hands and you have ball skills. Like that's really all that you could need to play corner, especially if you're in like a zone scheme. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Just because even if you're, and think about this from the Super Bowl with Jalen Ramsey. Perfect example. Some of the biggest plays in the Super Bowl went exactly at Jalen Ramsey. One of them, T. Higgins, legitimately penalized Jalen Ramsey, but wasn't even called. Like, there's, we're talking about the best corner in the game getting uh, just a beautiful over the shoulder ball that you can't do anything on to Jamar Chase and then getting dunked on and mossed by uh, Higgins. T. Higgins hey, and just getting smashed. <laughs> And a face, yeah, beat out for a jump ball by T. Higgins. Like, even when you are in the right spot, it's a 50-50 ball at that point, right? Like, the best thing you can do at corner is take the opportunities that are given to you, and most of the time they're given to you by a shit quarterback, and a lot of corners would be able to make those type of plays. Then you just have to be able to have the athleticism and the ability to uh, close the gap on, I guess, the rest of the type of plays. I, it's just such a hard position to play in today's league yeah there's only so many Darrell Revis's in the history of the game yeah no like, I agree one of the greatest ever and like he did it for so long I mean you get guys like Josh Norman who do it for like one or two years at a really high level and then they're just like good mm-hmm. you know what I mean? like they just kind of fall off a little bit that that's why Veach doesn't like to like pay corners like he would rather just spend like a couple mil and just say yeah we'll just be serviceable with these guys I do agree with that. It's a very, if you're not going to, and I, I push back on the gap between Jalen. I think that Jalen Ramsey is the best corner in the league, but I think that the value that he brings is overstated. Like if you just play zone the majority of the time and make the opposing team beat you through windows and zone and have a good pass rush. Like I'm really just kind of confused why you need a high end corner. In you that really, type of team. But you, you really can't. don't if you have the pass rush. If you have the pass, if you have a pass rush in, a, in an elite corner, pretty much that just takes away the number one option. Yeah. Right? But you have to appreciate what Gardner did, like not allowing, like, what was it, a single touchdown? No, oh, there, there's reps from him against Jamar Chase, both of their freshmen, or I guess uh, it was when Jamar Chase, that 20 whatever breakout season. Yeah. yeah. And he's just locking down Jamar Chase multiple yeah. practice reps in a row. And so, that, I mean, the season he broke out was insane. It's just we haven't seen that in a while. But corner is inconsistent, anyways. So, yep. Anyway, anyways, he's my number one. Number two, you're, I'm going to get a lot of flock for this. Andrew Booth. Um, Wait, number two. Slightly better. Uh, okay, Wait. hear me. Hear me out. What are you, What are you going to ask, Evan? 
Stingley's not your two? No. Stingley's my Stingley's my number three. Okay, explain yourself. Okay. <laughs> so okay, okay, here's a trend out for Andrew Booth. He went from not playing to special teams to starter. And if you look at the stats, <laughs> yeah, we're gonna shorten that word up. We're gonna go with stats. Statistically. Aluminum moment. Anyway, if you look at the stats of Derek Stingley, granted he was hurt last year, but you see regression. And I'll take Booth because he's got more fast twitch muscles and he is fucking fast out of his back pedal. Um, so just some small stuff like that you have to really appreciate out of him. Um, it, like I said, you see a lot of uh, um, um, regression out of Stingley. And also there's like questions like Thibodeau where they, they, they aren't sure if he likes the game. Well, that would yeah. make sense on the regression, I suppose. Yeah, I I guess it's more of a me not liking Andrew Booth as much as you than it is me not me liking Stingley more. Yes, yeah, sense. yeah. Because so, I agree with everything you said on Stingley, and there's absolutely nothing you can put against it. It's just a the, it's an upside chasing argument. Yeah, right. Well, the only positive thing like with Sting, well, other than his breakout season, his what was it freshman year? He's yeah. he's only twenty years old, so like you got time with him to work with this guy after an injury, after the regression to, you know, hopefully bring him back to what he was. Um, right. And we, we say that and he's still like a top five in this. He's still the top five in this draft. So that well, says that's a lot. Well, that's another interesting thing too, is he's a guy that's been recently, I guess, over the draft process, falling down draft boards, right? Yeah. And the main thing that happens during this time for NFL teams, if that's what's leaking out, and I we always say, be careful what you're hearing. But like, if he really does have, the like love of the game concerns that are coming up in interviews. That's a really easy argument to make of that's why he's slipping down draft boards. Like NFL teams constantly leaking out that like they didn't have a good interview with him. They didn't have a good interview yeah. with him and he just keeps slipping down mock draft boards. Right. That's a which, really easy argument to get, to be, get behind. Which let him follow the chiefs. That's fine. That let, yeah, let, sure, that, we'll let, 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 let him, God, could you imagine if he fell to 29? God no, bless. Let it let it happen. Uh, number four, Kyir Elam out of Florida. Um, you know, I wasn't sure what the hype was behind him, and I was like, I, I don't know if I really like this corner, but he's smart. Like he is just a smart guy, and he's played a lot of games. So you know, you you uh, you makes you better. And so for him to play thirty five games or a couple seasons, that's really fucking good. And he's a very good tackler. So I'm I'm okay with that. And he concerned um, that his uh, brother or cousin or whoever else it was uh, was a massive first-round bust for the Ravens. And, you know, I'm – yeah, I'm sure I, that is mentioned. So um, – but uh, another thing is, like, the one only thing that's knocking him is, like, his he's 6'2", and his length does not match the fluidity of his body. So it's – like I mentioned earlier, like, that clunky kind of, like – it looks a little clunky um, as I – around or something a like little that. bit yeah he does look like a flailer so um <laughs> uh, number five i got trent mcduffie uh only i don't know if i really wanted him at five uh he was very good um i don't like washington's defense because they strictly play zone that is all they fucking run is zone i think if you broke it down like i think their defense is like 95 percent don't zone zone coverage um but uh 
he's very good. He plays bigger than his size. If he wasn't the number one corner, it'd be that. If he wasn't the corner at Washington, Gordon would be the number one corner there. And Gordon is a fucking good corner too. So that says a lot about the secondary at Washington. Um, the only Washington thing I, I produce, yeah, they always, guys. yeah, they just produce those guys. Um, fun fact: since 2010, only three cornerbacks have a uh, row with under 31 inch arms. Um, can you guess who they are? Like, just don't just ask if you guys know who they are. I should know. Um, I've heard it before, and I know that. I mean, that's exactly what I was hinting at before, right? If you don't have the requisite measurements, yes. that, like, there's just a th- there's a threshold to where your margin for error at your given measurements are so, so small that yes. like, you're just not worth the perceived talent level, right? G- give me give me the three people's colleges, and I bet you I can get at least one of them. Okay, I can give you – give me one second here. I'll have to look two of them up. Uh, one of them is South Carolina. Uh, that's got to be Gilmore, right? Yep. Give me the uh, second while I research the other one. Yeah, um, I, if you have to research it, I'm guessing it's like Josh Norman or something. The other one, the other one is Baylor University. Oh, what? Oh, when was this? Uh, from Is when to when? Current Pro Bowler since 2010. Oh, 2010. Oh God, I bet this dude got drafted in like. 2002 and like made it like random. Oh, the other one's from South Carolina too. Two South Carolina guys? Actually, I think I knew that one. I just can't remember who it is. Who are they, Beans? Okay, so uh, who's the guy from Baylor? I gotta know who the guy from Baylor is. Stefan Gilmore, Jonathan Joseph, and Xavier Howard. No comments? Xavier Howard has. Damn, yeah. I didn't know that. He's got so, moral of the story. Moral of the story is Duffy has thirty under thirty inch arms. So yes. that's that's a fucking knock. That's gonna knock him down a lot. Um. So yeah, my sleeper. I don't know if anybody ever saw this, but saw this coming or not. Zion McCollum out of Sam Houston State is my sleeper. Um. I don't know who put this up, uh, but they did a relative athletic score to size score. And Zion McCollum just ranked right under Tariq Woolen. So I thought that was kind of interesting because Xavier McCollum is – one second here. Will I find it again? I can't believe that. I had no idea that uh, Xavier Howell went to Baylor. How did I not know that? Oh, Zion McCollum's sick. He's taller than I thought. So, yeah, uh, Zion McCollum. I, I I hope he comes becomes a chief. All right, moving on to safety. Sorry. Um, number one, Kyle Hamilton. I don't know if anybody ever saw that coming. Um, Damn, I'm surprised you didn't knock him down to like your sleeper pick after that forty. Okay, a lot uh, of people have, forty. Okay, a lot of people are knocking the forty, but Ed Reed ran a four five seven, and Micah Hyde ran a four five eight. Yeah, I also didn't you I also run like a four seven. Well, that's the part that I love is if you listen to any NFL scout publicly before this, they would tell you we take the player's best time, right? Yeah. Like that's exactly. one that we take, which is completely false apparently because – whoa, 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 whoa. You had a 4-7? Holy shit, guys. Everyone look. This one guy had a 4-7 when there was a reported 4-5 at the pro day. There was a 4-6 at the pro day. There's a 4-6 literally at the combine on lasers. Like – 
That's what, what are I we doing think. here? What? Yeah, that's just this is exactly how the player from the Chargers, who I will not mention because he'll get injured, uh, <laughs> held up what seventeen in the draft. Yeah, I I don't know. It seems retarded to me, but it's a retarded league, so it's okay. Notre yeah. Dame can't measure. No, yeah, no, that which is full of like smart players, which is crazy. Yeah. Um. Number two, Lewis Seam signed CU sent yeah, yep. Georgia. Did you know he lived in Haiti the first four years of his life? That's that was wow. that's that was kind of cool. Yeah, no. um, Uber athlete though. I like. Oh I like god, ESPN's gonna play that on repeat. They're gonna talk about how like it was so hard for him to grow up in Haiti. For yeah. Years. Oh By god, the way, we're gonna just, draft him. And it's just gonna... before like we go with this, like I know we're gonna be doing that live draft reaction. I can't wait for all of, like just the fucking. Every this time there's a sob beer. story, you have to finish your beer. We're going to be like, <laughs> no, that's 32 picks. <laughs> I know. It's going to be awesome. It's, oh, it's, I, I love it. the ones where it's like, ah, yeah, this dude's like dad left him and his mom got shot selling crack. So he got <laughs> raised by his grandma who like was a heroin addict. But now he's a first round pick. And it's like, I didn't need to know that at all. I'm sure he didn't want you to know that. <laughs> I'm sure he didn't. But you can continue, Beans. We're, okay. we're derailed. Yeah, we're derailed. just a just a little bit. Um, so, anyways, he kind of reminds me of a taller honey badger. Um, so that's just tells you a lot about him. If we if we can get a if we can get a guy who's six foot two and plays exactly like uh like the honey badger bring it on yeah i don't disagree the production there at georgia on that defense was still a little lacking and like if you are that type of athlete and you're in that good of a defense i would i would expect you to be like a bigger name and a bigger have more production before the combine it feels like he's a guy that is just where he is now because of the combine which doesn't feel great but it is it is hard to discount that type of athleticism. Yes. Yeah, and for him to be well, the thing that compares him to the honey badger is he gets players in position. So, mm-hmm. and a lot of times, like some, you got to think like maybe Tyron Matthew is taking himself out of plays to get other people in the right spot. So maybe that's something that was happening. You know, he's caring too much about other positions to that takes himself out. I'm not sure, but um, that's what I read and I've seen. So um, number three, uh, he's kind of a tweener, uh, Daxton Hill out of Michigan. Uh, Nope. This is Jalen Petrie. Not even close. Well, Jalen Petrie is my four. So fuck off with that shit. (laughs) Yeah, but it's not even close beans. Yeah. Or Gavin. No, he, okay. PFF says Hill showed, showed off his versatility playing mainly slot for the Wolverines defense. Still, he'll be a deep safety in NFL and possess some of the class best speed at the position. You know how yeah, PFF also has as the number one slot corner in this draft, Jalen Petrie. Ex- he'll the the but the, how the position is played is more like a safety. Like you could throw Daxton Hill in the in the secondary as a yeah, deep safety. I, I don't and think Jalen Petrie could play safety, so that's fair. Uh, Jalen Petrie is kind of like kind of reminds me a little bit of like a Legarius Steed almost like. You could throw him in at safety if you're in a pinch. And yeah, I wouldn't want to. Who's the uh, slot corner that went to the Titans last year from Washington? Molden, Elijah Molden. Yes, he reminds me of him just perfectly, but he's a better run stopper than Elijah yeah. Molden. Um, but Jalen Petrie is my number four. Um, say what as you will. Um, will. 
He's also <laughs> a shitty school, so. Uh, so yeah. Uh, number five, Jaquan Brisker. Um, That's an awesome name. I don't know yeah. about that dude. He's see the Penn one. State dude. Yeah, he's he's yeah. older. He's twenty three. So again, it's like one of those things where you're like, by the time you're done with your rookie deal, like it's probably time to ship him. Kind of reminds me of Juan That's Thornhill. Fine. Like Juan Thornhill was like, what was he, twenty two or twenty three when we drafted him? So I, I've heard very good things about him, though. I and realistically, I think the safety class is deep enough that you're oh, not yeah. going wrong with any of those guys. No, oh. yeah, and he. Uh, Brisker does very good at that too high role. So, mm-hmm. you know, you can leave him on his own on a half of a field and he covers just fine. So, um, others that were pretty close. Safety is a very good class this year. Yeah. Cause you have like Nick Cross, who's a big body guy. Uh, Brian Cook, who I think is a very underrated safety as well. Tyson Anderson out of Toledo. These are just guys that are just like starting to rise more and more as the weeks go on. Um, but my sleeper is a Marquise Bell out of Florida A&M. He went to Coffeeville Community College. Um, so he had 95 tackles, which a lot of those – most of them were assists. So um, he's one of those guys, again, that gets the defense where they need to be, you know, tells uh, communicates very well with the secondary. Um, and he has very good, like, lateral movement. This guy, is, he's, he's a big body too, uh, two, 205, so – um, he had a 9.0 relative athletic score. So, no. And overall, I think it's worth noting just as a whole, we've, we've touched on this many times, but like what a draft class for the Chiefs to need to address. No, yeah. Spot and spot on defense. It's crazy because next year is going to be, they, they're talking about next year being deeper. Yeah. Next, well, next year's draft class, I know, is Tom, as far as like the top end talent too, is just, better than this class because you compare this to even last year like i'm taking micah parsons i'm taking oh good god uh all of the offensive players above them i'm taking your patrick sertains i'm taking your jc horns i'm even taking over a lot of these guys um but yes this class as far as the depth is concerned outstanding yes i agree to have a lot of picks in is pretty much the long and short of it and if you're listening, well, be- you can you can message in and tell me how much of a fucking idiot I am. Oh, please do. We already did it today. <laughs> we need your help. If it's insulting enough, we'll read it to Beans live on the pod. So. Oh my please. god, yeah, that would be great. Please give us hate comments so that we can read the Beans. We can react. I, thr- I thrive. I, I I live in the. I, I work in a job where like I, I like you know people try to tell me their opinions more and more, and I love it. That's why I love my job. He thrives <laughs> off negativity. I do. Well, All right, beans. we have to continue to milk you for or milk your teeth beans for the sweet, luscious content that we need to make the show happen. And I know you just talked for pretty much a long ass time, but we need your thought provoking moment as content is required. Okay, I saw this one on Reddit, so I'm not going to steal it. I don't know who the person was, but this was this one got me into a spiral. <laughs> This one, this one put me into a spiral, man. Like I had to like take the rest of the day off work just because of how fucking like crazy this was. All right. So this one's crazy. If everyone in the world fought one V one until there was only one winner, that winner would only have to fight 33 times. Yeah, no, that makes sense. Cause of that is how many, cause of like bracketing. It just, it, and factorials and stuff. Like I never thought of that. Well, and if you think about it, every time. 
And if you think about it, like, how many kids would you have? Oh, yeah. You need some really easy fights in there. Dude, you're, like, fighting, like, a four-year-old. Like, you're just, like, you know. Okay, so the real question, though, is how do we determine <laughs> seeding? You know, like. Seeding? Like, you know, seeding. Like, who's the one seed? Who's, you know, for the bracket? Because, like, will we hold a worldwide combine? And then would those results be accurate? I, see, I think it's I just, like, like I, random, right? I feel like this is just, like, the end of the world situation like everybody like random i'm not having the like last person on earth determined because some like four-year-old didn't fight anybody but babies on the way to the championship game so <laughs> yeah but like the cream always rises to the top gavin no if it's a four, if if i'm in heaven watching this with god and there's a four-year-old there i'm gonna be pissed and then i'm pissed <laughs> in heaven well i who was to say you would even make it to heaven gavin um i don't know like i feel like it would just have to be random i, I, I mean like some world's strongest man dude some world's strongest man competitor is gonna end up facing like a like a two-year-old or something oh my it's not gosh. a fair fight there would be a really, and you'd also have, you'd also have to think about it like you'd have to stop production of babies for like for what like a couple of days for this to go well, down how how so it's a fight to the death. How long does a fight to the death take? Oh, gosh. Like, if you had, like, two, like, elite-level, like, MMA fighters, like, top of their game, like, how how long does that fight actually last if it's a fight to the death? See, that's what I was thinking about. Like, this this ought to last, like, this could last months, guys. It okay, could. So according to Google, um, hang on, okay. Um, nope. Give me a second. Still research. Do we get weapons? Like, is this a weaponized fight? Or I imagine like this is just, hands? I imagine this is just bare knuckle. Just like oh, bare go. knuckle fights. Oh, dude. Yeah. This is going to take forever. Weapons. Like we could get this done pretty quick. Like bare knuckle. Like this thing is going to drag out. Dude, so imagine, that, how, dude imagine the, that last fight's going to be crap too. Like it's oh, going to be people beaten half to death after 32 different fights. But the, that, that, that number is small but like that's a lot of fights no that's a ton of fights like imagine i'm, I'm <laughs> but assuming if you think of go straight but, from your last fight into the next fight but if you think about it like how many people are in the world and you're like oh i only have to win 33 times to be the final final girl like dude okay oh i mean God. let's let's be real like, i mean it's a so guy. according dude. to reddit it would take 43 punches from the average human man to kill a person so huh. you have so, to 43 times Three punches and like so because you know in a fight you're not going to be landing punches just like sequentially over and over and over yeah, so this is probably down. taking like 10 minutes at least a fight well that's 1400 that's 1400 punches that's a lot of punches <laughs> dude your shoulders get me tired dude <laughs> okay so then that kind of that last fight like that last fight you know you know that fight in a family guy when it's herbert versus the uh, old nazi and it's like in slow motion like, do you guys know what I'm talking about? I mean, no, I'm sure. It, it's I, I would have thought two more old men fighting, and it's like the uh, Peter versus uh, the giant chicken fights, except it's just a good, complete slow motion. Oh, like, see, if you said the giant big life. Oh yeah, I mean, think of all the older people you'd have to fight. Which kind of okay? Oh, so that, so I was thinking of that, and then I thought of that old age question: like, how many five year olds could you fight? Like, uh, if you're in a space. In my How? prime, at least like five to eight. So 
My problem would be assuming that, so they have to like kill you. Are we assuming this is in one setting to where like if they don't kill you that then you like win? Because I would just run until all the 5Ks or five-year-olds die of like just chasing me to the point of exhaustion. I, I'm assuming this is, in, in my mind, the way I think of this is how many 5 coming at you until like they outnumbered and killed you. Oh, right? I think it's double. I think it's double digits. Like, I, I, I if they all come at one time, like ten. Like yeah, you can't all leave all a room. Do is fucking kick you in the nuts one time, and then you just get mollywhopped by like twenty of them. See, like I'm thinking, like you're trapped in a room. You know, you can't leave until you know one person's standing. They're not dead. You know, the kids just have to be knocked out. You know, like everybody's on the ground. Ten. Oh, count, if you, you know, to knock out the five year old than like. <laughs> Yeah, I love how we were just talking it. about like telling us how much of a piece of shits we are, and then immediately go to how many five year olds could you beat in a fight? But <laughs> I don't know how many five year olds I could beat in a fight now. You know, it was a journey to get here. That's what the listeners need. <laughs> if to you're understand. listening to this, message us how many five year olds you think you could fight. No scientific <laughs> studies will be condemned. <laughs> no five year olds were hurt in the making of this episode. Tell us how many five-year-olds you could beat in a fight. And how many rounds do you think you would last in the 33-round fight to the death to be the number one human being? Let us know at, at underscore underscore F3S, all capitals on Twitter. At you that. can follow us there, too. All right. So that whole thing was hot, <laughs> I tell you what. Um, how about we give Beans vocals of what asked, and Gavin, I need your hot take of the week. I don't know if this oh. is going to actually rest Beans' vocals because Beans is no. super pissed off. So yes. I'm going to say this. Beans, you can say whatever you want. I will refute it. But okay. the numbers just don't lie. If you just look at it from a big picture perspective, running the ball consistently is either a symbol of weakness or mental ineptitude. And it must be one. It cannot be neither. It has to be one of the other or both. So I just think you have a shitty quarterback. Well, I mean, no, but that's the thing. That's the symbol of weakness. We are worse than the other team. So the best way to win this game is for us to decrease the game down to the point where it's only a couple possessions and we can just hope to things out. But in a longer style game, we're definitely losing this game because we're the worst team. Or, okay, I see where you're coming from. or it's just mental ineptitude because you can't harness the fact that running the ball is less efficient than passing the ball, all things held equal. Okay, I just had to look up ineptitude, but this is fucking bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> that makes you pretty inept. I didn't know what the definition yeah. of ineptitude was. Once no. I figure out what ineptitude means, I'm going to kick your ass. <laughs> <laughs> No, this is this is dumb. I don't like this. This is not it what is I reality. No, because like, think about it. You watch, and I'm I'm close to this because some of the like players that I really like in the NFL, like Orion Tannehill, and there's there's multiple parts to this too. Because like in the playoff game, nobody like throws any blame at all. Running backs can just be as bad as they want in a football game, and they will never ever get any blame put on them whatsoever. Because people just look at it and they're like, well, yeah, it's a less efficient way of playing. So, like, you have to know that. But it wears down the other team or it all of these excuses for why these running backs are just not as productive as the passing game. 
and then you go to the passing game and a deflected interception is put on the quarterback for some reason. That's my issue with this is a team like Indianapolis, a team like Tennessee, a team like whoever, just think of an NFL team, Cleveland, that's centered around the running game and then like plays all these close games and hopefully they win in the end. But those close games are determined by the quarterback making a play because their team, their coach just like put them into a third and long situation because they ran into the back of their offensive guard two times in a row and it's third and eight and you need Russell Wilson to bail you out. We see this over and over and over and it doesn't get talked about enough. And maybe this isn't even a hot take. It's more of just a like reality that we don't want to face as football fans right now. But I, I just, I feel that way. I feel like if you're an NFL coach and you like center your offense around running the ball, you should immediately be fired. Um, unless you come to me and tell me that your like front office is an idiot and you have less talented teams and you just want to decrease the game and all that, then I okay, well then your front office needs fired, but somebody needs fired. Okay. This, 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 I'm not in a safe space right now. I'm shaking. Um, See, my thing is, like, the football is a game of checkers and also, like, poker, and you're playing multiple games at once. And so that running ability, if you have the ability to run, it just opens up. It's not, it's not the numbers, okay? The, I get it. You, you look at it from a numbers perspective, and the running back is not as, uh, what would you call it, like, uh, you Efficient. know, downgraded as, like, a quarterback would. Mm-hmm. I get that. I, we always say the running back is a very, you know, uh, expandable position. You know, you can get anybody, anybody you want. You can – fuck, we were productive with Daryl Williams, who's probably not even going to get signed. Uh, yeah. Or maybe we resigned him. I don't know. But it just opens your game up so much more. And I love – my favorite game at the end of the year is Army versus Navy because it's just running the fucking – run the damn ball because I, I love that game so much. Not because of what it has for the history of it, but think about, like – Whenever they have to play against Tennessee, they have to take time out of their practice scheme to worry about them running the ball 40 times a game. And then they're going to have to worry about the ball being passed 50 times a game. It takes time out of practice to worry about that situation. It's not the, it's not the numbers behind it. It's the scheming behind it. So there's two things here. Cause I, I agree with that to an extent. The problem, the first problem is, Derrick Henry was terrible against the Chiefs, and the Chiefs still lost. Like, they shut down Derrick Henry and forced Tennessee to pass, and then Tennessee was more efficient but, passing than they were. But what were, those, what were those big passes from? Were they from just normal drop-back passes? I, I think it was just well, Okay, no, this is my other part, Beans, because there is research out there. I can go find it and send it to you, but I know for a fact that there's research that suggests that play action works regardless of your offense being centered around the run or not. No, I even don't doubt that. Never run play act. Even if you never run the ball, play action is still more efficient. That's why Brady Reed always runs play action. Like, yeah, I, I remember mean, back when he was like the coach of the Eagles, he ran like a play action pass, like a third and twelve or something like that. Right. And and it's, that's just the way the game is. Shit. Okay, well, a play action pass on third and twelve. That's just asinine. But like, that's just so- the way the, the that's just the way the game is shifting, though. Like we're seeing, you know, these that's defenders is more of a pass first run second and you know usually it was taught run first pass second yeah and that, so that's seeing... my point is in today's league if you're still like thinking that way you're just wrong and 
from a traditional football sense and like what football is maybe even supposed to be. I don't like that. But the one thing that I hate worse is somebody getting paid five times my salary to be a fucking idiot. So (laughs) (laughs) I, um, I got to remember one of my favorite tweets of all time. I can't remember all of the uh, names that were used for it, but it was before the chiefs played, um, the Titans in the uh, AFC title game like two, three years ago. And it was something, it went along the lines of like, Nick Chubb is a generational running back who you can build your offense around. And then it's like two weeks later, David Johnson's a generational running back and you can build your offense around. Two weeks later, Christian McCaffrey is a generational running back. You can build your offense around. And that's like two weeks later, Derrick Henry is, you know, and you get the point. So, I don't know. I think, you know, as a former offensive lineman, it all comes back down to the offensive line. I agree. with the, um, But offensive line matters just as much to the passing the ball, too, there, too, as yeah, well. Yeah, I would argue if you have a bad offensive line, you're just a bad team in general. You're never going to win anything. And, like, you can say, well, the Bengals made it to the Super Bowl. Yeah, they're the outlier. Yeah, they had Joe Mixon, so. Yeah, they the Bengals were good in every other facet of football minus the offensive line. It just so happened to have the one quarterback who, you know. Yeah, and they also managed to uh, survive a playoff game uh, because of uh, – survive a playoff game in which the other opposing quarterback threw three interceptions, however they happened, but your quarterback got sacked nine times. It's yeah, just... and, like, dude, you need a good offensive line. And, like, the what the Bengals did last year was an anomaly. Like, right. that's – that's our point. That's not going to happen again. Like, that's just recency bias flying in the face of trends. But And to be, to be clear to what I'm saying, this is all true. The numbers are all true to a point. Because, like, at a certain point, I think the Chiefs beat the Bengals last year if they just run the ball in the second exactly. half. Exactly. Yeah, I mean – you can't it's, just get into this, oh, we're going to just drop back and pass no matter what because it's more efficient. Like, when they're dropping eight into coverage and bringing three, just, like, doing a halfback dive makes sense. This is literally just holding all things equal. You know, they're lined up in nickel, you're lined up in shotgun and running the ball or passing the ball, right? And, but, yeah, what the Chiefs were doing in the playoffs last year is an example of Perfect example of where running the ball is completely necessary. That's so, all I got. I guess for my hot take, this isn't a hot take. This is just something I want to, you know, bring to attention. But Desmond Ritter's, like, first quarterback off the board odds have, like, drastically decreased over the past couple of days. What? and. Yes, like I'm not kidding you. They have. That's what I've heard. Is that people are now like mocking him as the first quarterback taken in this draft, which I think is insane. So, like, did was Malik Willis just like a phase for NFL teams? Like, seriously, they they listened to our podcast and then was like, "Well, shit." Well, they wait. He had to transfer from Auburn. (laughs) So basically, what I'm here to say is is I guess, you know, I could play both sides of the fence now. So I get my hot take of Desmond Ritter is going to somehow end up going, like, no, well, you know what, fuck it. We'll just say Desmond Ritter is going number two overall. Doesn't that feel like a kneecap biter? 
No. Uh, well, uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, he. He has a, he has oh a kid. Oh my god. I I gotta wrap my head around this happen because I can see it happening, right? I can talk yeah. ourselves into the we, like. Well, the NFL, the them. NFL is dumb, and they will do something like this. Mac McAfee had um what's his nuts on Daniel Jeremiah on his show, and I'm listening to it as I'm going to church yesterday morning or Easter morning or whatever, and he's just like, yeah, all these teams like really like him, like he's a really like he's a really smart kid, and like he has good recall, and like we knew that every, after the combine, and every yeah, but now every team loves him, like he's just a did great he give kid. money. Did he give money to a stranger? I I don't know. Apparently, oh, that's he true. Has, apparently, he has the just... only thing. The only thing that separates him from the other quarterbacks is he has a he has a kid. I he has a kid again. I don't know. Yeah, but he has um, a kid. Well, I, I think that's what it is. I I don't know. I think it's just people. People are just projecting Dak Prescott onto this dude, and I would say it's crazy. Except I saw Baker Mayfield go from like second round pick to first overall pick like three years ago, like three, four, five years ago. So, Sam, I'm going to ask you an honest question. If you were told that Detroit is literally just leaking things out about each quarterback and seeing the public perception to like know which one they should take it to based purely on public reaction, would you like, would that make more sense than where we currently are? I'd be so pissed if my team did that. I don't give a shit what I think. Like I, I want them to take the dude who they think is the best. Now, who I think is the best is I would take Malik Willis because I think he has the better traits. I'm telling you right now, Desmond Ritter, De- Desmond Ritter just feels like Kellen Mond with like a better forty time. I have nothing I've, to say I've, against I've... that. I think that uh. Desmond Ritter is more pro-ready. I think that Desmond Ritter, like, understands the game of football better. I don't know. I'm just trying to – I don't know what the NFL's thinking here is my problem, right? I No, I didn't either. I heard it and was like, oh, my God. Like, And then you see, like, PFF mocking him to, like, the Falcons or something like that. It's like, oh, my God, look how good of a fit that is. He's like Ryan Tannehill. And it's like, but why, though? Yeah, I, I mean – we're talking the quarterback that I can that's my quarterback one and the quarterback that like makes the most sense to me isn't even getting discussed in any of this but it seems like we're just aimlessly rotating quarterbacks at one to like see how it feels at this point because next next week will be Sam Howell he'll get his chance you're getting more information that's the part that makes no sense right Howell's gonna pull a Christian Ponder like, Christian Ponder got drafted at, like, 12, and no one, like, had any idea why the fuck that happened. I also see that coming from and, like, because Sam well, Howell is going to get drafted, like, eighth overall to the Falcons. And, like, everyone in the draft is going to be like, what the fuck was I'm going to be so pissed off when that happens because it makes the most sense, but because NFL media is fucking retarded, nobody was prepared for it. <laughs> Like, dude, seriously, we're going to be Daniel here, Jones like... again, too. Like, that kind of, Dude, James Jones is another good example. Teams, dude, teams just love to, like, have some second-round graded quarterback and just, like, draft him in the top ten. Well, just, just like, remember that Russell Wilson was a first-round grade for the Seahawks, but they passed over him in the second round, too. Actually, I remember on draft day, literally Mel Kuyper and Todd McShay were talking, like, 
yeah, you know, if Russell Wilson was like six two, he he would have been a top five pick. And it's like, well, why is he not a top five pick? Is like three inches really that big of a deal? It's not, ladies. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good one. <laughs> so, uh, as we're speaking about the draft, what do you have for us here, Beans? Because it's another just retarded take with a top ten pick. All right, so I was listening to a podcast. It was TDN's, uh, the Draft Network's, uh, Draft Dudes podcast, and. I heard this and I thought this was worthy for our hot take of the week. And I'll take ownership of this. I won't take ownership of it, but I'll take, okay, good call. There you go. I'm not going to take ownership. Don't put your name to this. I don't want my name on this, but I'll take ownership of putting this into the podcast here. Um, Okay. So what I heard was Tariq Woolen will go to Seattle at pick nine. No, (laughs) (laughs) this feels like a, uh, one of those stereotypical and like now it's a running joke when you draft as the uh, Oakland Raiders or at Las Vegas Raiders and you just get to the mock draft simulator and scroll down twice as far as you can and then pick a person, except it just happens to be a pick nine. And so, so the fun thing with Seattle is, is Seattle like accepted a team option or a fifth year option for a player that they drafted. Noah Fant only player in Seattle Seahawks history to have their fifth year option like exercised. So like that's crazy. Would we even be surprised if the Seahawks just said that? But that's what TDN said. That's what the guys were saying. Like this is a (laughs) Seattle realization is they're stupid. It's Seattle. That just is a Seattle thing to do. I would hope they'd at least trade down from nine for God's sakes. Well, that was the thing with the Raiders the whole time is like, even if you were so high, like so much higher on this dude than consensus, at the very least, trade down and get a se- extra second out of it, right? Fuck, get the, and get like a seven, anything. Yeah. So yeah. So Wollen, this guy must just like read into the future somehow. But that'd be, I would. I mean, I, I get it. Tariq Woolen is like played the position for two or three years and like he's so big and his his combine was through the roof his you know like i mentioned before his uh, relative athletic score to size ratio was the number one overall defensive back and he so maybe it's... went into an interview in seattle and told them that pete carroll was right for throwing the ball on fourth and one <laughs> <laughs> and they were like we love this dude he like thinks the same way we do <laughs> It's like we said, we have there, there's 32 organizations. At least a couple of them are dumb. Well, you know, it only takes one team to fall in love with you to go somewhere. I mean, that's how Tim Tebow got drafted 25th overall. I'm not you saying know. Tariq Wollin's going to be a bad corner. I think he'll be good. I think he'll be a serviceable guy in the NFL. Go at pick nine. Like, that's something, like you guys mentioned before, like you can get more in return to get Tariq Wollin if you just trade back. I'm you can get second round. You can get. You can get two Tariq Woolens. You can get Tariq Woolen and Zion McCollum. You know, <laughs> later, later. I, I'm telling you, he's just a big dude, and that's all they want. Like that's that's it, right? They're just like, ah, yeah, we drafted like these big fucking DBs. Well, like, they need they need Bowl. some form of secondary with Jamal Adams back there. Okay, so I have here a uh, what's the current population of the United States? Uh, it's oh, like God, thousand, I think. Three, wait, 300 million? Three, oh, 300 million. Yeah, 300 million. Yeah. Excuse me. Yeah. Okay. It's like 327 so, million, actually, I think. 
So according to this study from the Rapid City Journal, it's just a survey put out where you can answer what percentage of Americans you think are dumb. And so according to this and taking their percentage and applying it, we think that 169 million Americans are dumb. Or if we attribute it to NFL teams and just put the percentages to owners, then we can say that 18 NFL, te- just over 18 NFL teams are certified dumb. So wow. it's not just us. The numbers say it. And numbers you know okay. Let's go we need to real quick. Bears, we, dumb. Yeah. <laughs> okay, that's next dumb. episode. We need next episode. Yeah, no, we got to apply this and give our, uh, just, why don't we just go through GM rankings or just like organization yeah. rankings? We'll, we'll do a tier. So next, next time we have the, uh, We'll have the draft coverage though. Like that's the episode before the draft. Oh, I trust mean, me. After the draft, this will like explain. That's this will help our case so much. Yo, more. Yeah. After after that draft episode, we'll do the tier ranker of dumbness. There we go. Hey, we have putting, to make sure that fifty six point six percent of them think they're dumb, or at least then, more than that, dumb. Right? Dude, I can we're imagine quote graphics. I can imagine so many quote graphics coming from this. I we just gotta, love. We gotta, Fifty percent of Americans saying that Americans are dumb. I, I, I can't want. wait to find out who we think is smart. I think that's going to be the more telling thing. <laughs> that's true. Yeah. Well, I tell you what, guys. I think that this was a very successful show. I know it's a little bit shorter than normal, but we're gearing up for the draft special next week. That's probably going to be a big one, as we have our a special guest next week. We'll promote her a little bit more throughout the week as we get closer to that show. We don't want to ruin the surprise here yet, but there might be a little bit of Rocky Mountain High influence. So, gentlemen, I hope you are ready for next Monday. And everyone listening, I hope you're ready for the next episode. We want to thank you for listening to this one. And gentlemen, do you have any parting words for us? Yeah, I do. Um, if you're in a room full of five-year-olds, it's not, you know, don't punch them, okay? It's fine. Just, you can leave. You can Let leave the room. Let punch you, determine how bad it hurt, and then attribute that to how many you could take. <laughs> you, if they punch you first, you can fight back in self-defense. Oh, Jesus Christ. Oh, God. And with We're that, going to that word. Thank that... you again for listening to probably the last episode until the FCC reinstates us. Because just like the NFL, they don't care as long as you don't, you know. I, I lost the track. As long as it makes so money. Well. I was doing so well. Hold on. Gavin had a parting word. What was yours? Yeah, I was just going to say that buying a house sucks. Never do it. Just <laughs> acquire property in any way that involves no banks. And now we're going to get canceled because people with money are listening to this. But whatever. It's fine. Yabba dabba do. That's my parting word. I don't have anything else. And with that, we thank you all for listening. We hope to see you next week. Make sure to again like, share, subscribe, leave a comment, leave us your questions you want answered. We would love to hear the content that you want us to cover. So again, see you next time. Leave us a comment, follow on Twitter, and stay frosty. Good night, everyone. <laughs>